Welcome to the Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. See what living vibrantly can mean for you. It starts with Goshen Health. Get strong, feel better, live vibrantly. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode, Sounds of Success. Welcome to the Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner. Today's episode is the Sounds of Success, featuring Magdil Santiago of the Kaizen Solutions Group. Sounds of Success is presented in part by DJ Construction, serving our community for more than 65 years. DJ Construction, decidedly different. Magdil, welcome to the podcast. Your story is inspiring. It's almost amazing in some ways, and I'm looking forward to, to talking about that. But let me ask you, first of all, just kind of give us the elevator speech on on what Kaizen Group or Kaizen Solutions is. Sure. Thank thank you for the invitation. It's a, it's a privilege. It's an honor. So Kaizen, um, a lot of people who are in the manufacturing industry know it's a Japanese word. That means change for better. Uh, it was known by the Toyota com- uh, production company, the, the, you know, the cars, the, the manufacturer of vehicles, because of the method that it became to manufacture things with shorter lead time, and reduction of waste, reduction of labor costs, inventory reduction. So, and it was exported because of the story of success that Toyota had. Toyota came into the business, laid into the business in the automobile industry, and it became what it is today, which is one of the most, you know, sold cars in, uh, manufacturers in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, better quality. Um, and I don't know if you remember 2008, the American uh, auto industry kind of went underground because of the recession and they had to go and mass for bailouts. Well, Toyota didn't do that. And that's because of the discipline they had in administering uh, their finances, their inventory, their processes. And so once Toyota made that uh, kind of international word, a lot of companies, especially in the United States, after dealing with supply chain issues, you know, labor shortages, started implementing that philosophy. So Kaizen is uh, the method. It's a philosophy, and it's also a discipline that projects in three different levels. It's, it, number one projects because Kaizen implies self-change for better. So it goes into the pers- personal Kaizen, self-development, human, human development, then process improvement, and also organizational cha- change or organizational improvement as well. So our company, what it does, and this is where you know the, the need for a glue between the uh, the language barrier and also mm-hmm. the cultural barrier in the companies between the operational level, mm-hmm. the production workers, and also management. I, I believe there is a huge gap there, um, and especially here in the United States because of the immigration, um, because a lot mm-hmm. of people coming from South and Central America, not speaking English, um, not knowing you know the the way to to produce things, the best way to do that, uh, and also the need that the United States has on. Uh, improving labor cost, especially in the labor market that we have been having, you know, in the recent years. Um, so our company helps uh, other companies uh, close that gap, and, um, bringing improvements via training people, uh, via coaching people, uh, showing them better ways to do that, and also uh, standardizing processes, uh, helping in personal development, human development, leadership development, and ultimately the goal is organizational development, which is you know better profit margins, but that's not the goal. Yeah. If, if you focus on the little things, then that will be just, uh, you know, the the outcome of that. Yeah, take care of some of those other lines and the bottom line will Absolutely. take care of itself. Absolutely. I want to talk about, I want to come back to that and in, in, in how you're implementing that, especially locally. But I want to talk about you first. Sure. Uh, and I know you're not accustomed to that, but I'm going to try and draw some of that out of you Absolutely. A bit because, MacDill, your story is is worth telling and it's certainly worth hearing. 
Um, you know, a lot of news right now with uh, rising interest rates and maybe a softening of the economy or yes. whatever. You've been there, done that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you go back to 2007, 2008, and the first time I'm familiar with hearing your name is uh, you had started a magazine, you were you were kind of pumping on, and then yeah. all of a sudden the breaks come. And 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 tell us a little bit about that, about, about getting started and then have to pedal back. Yes, excellent. Well, that's an excellent question because the, the company today, Kaizen Squad and Kaizen Solutions Group, two different companies, which, by the way, we are merging at this moment. Okay. Um, it comes from that moment, and, and I think uh, my my story, just like many other immigrants, you know, we come here, we wanna we wanna grow, we wanna, uh, we, you know, we we have to define success, we have to define growth. What does that mean? Um, so my first job was to sell shoes when I was seven years old. Uh, my family, you know, very humble family, they put me onto the market on the floor selling shoes, and mm-hmm. that was how I started. When I came to the states, I saw the many opportunities uh, to you know to work. But then I wanted, I always wanted to be independent and I always wanted to have my own, my own thing, right? Um, but I also, you know, I grew up and it doesn't also part of the story. Probably more important part is that my parents are missionaries. That's how I came to the United States. Okay. And I, when I talk about my parents, uh, I always tell people that it is, uh, it is difficult for me, for me even today to define that line between being passionate and being crazy. Well, my parents, I don't know, <laughs> quite honestly, because, you know, we they chose for us to serve in a you know in a community very very poor very very uh, wild very violent back then in the eighties Mexico City was one of the most dangerous cities in the world well they took us to this neighborhood that was one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the Mexico City back then so it was it was um, very common to see people drunk outside our house stabbed prostitutes drug addiction and things like that sort and so but I from from that point on, I learned that uh, when people believe in something, they can change their lives. And, and you might not be a religious person. You might not believe in the Bible. These people that I saw, that I witnessed, they did believe in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They turned their lives around. So from that moment, I, I learned something very important, even for today's um, population and people. That, you know, Some people believe that people can change, and I believe people can change. I believe that we do have the power to do that. But anyway, so going back to the story, uh, I came to here to the States when I was 16 years old. I didn't speak any English. I tried going to Goshen College for a couple of years, but I wasn't doing good. Um, I, I didn't learn enough English, so I went back to work in factories. Um, and that's what I did. I, I went to factories. I learned how to work with my hands, work in production. But I always saw that gap, that miscommunication between the operations, management, the pain that we have at the operational level, the workers. Uh, and that doesn't make it to the top. And the responses that we get they is not on time or it's not the right thing to do. So even the seeds of Kaizen were planted during your working days where you were able to see, you know, working hard um, and, and making sure you gave your employer 100%, but at the same time taking in your surroundings and, and almost planting seeds for what you're going to do in the future. Absolutely. And this is this is why, you know, I'm, I don't consider myself a, a religious person, but I consider myself a spiritual person. Um, because, you know, I look back and it's, sometimes we say that it's easier to see when you see back, right? Mm-hmm. H- hindsight is twenty twenty, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, and it just, it, I, to me, it's just like the creator meant for me to do this. Uh, I think that I was prepared to do this. So came to the States, started working. Um, I wasn't doing too good. So I went back to Mexico city to study music. I, I wasn't going to make it here. I didn't have scholarships. I didn't have money for school. So I mm-hmm. went back to Mexico city to start, study, uh, music composition and arrangement. being in Mexico city. I started working in a recording studio, and I loved that. I just loved recording, and so I, I, I put a goal in my head, and I said, I'm going to go back to the States. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to start putting my recording studio, and that's what I did. I came back, 
when I was 19 years old, I put my first recording studio. I started producing jingles for, you know, radios, the Hispanic radio here in Goshen. I worked there. Mm -hmm. um, I actually also worked for a, a, a broadcasting company in Selvin, a Christian broadcasting company as well. Um, just, you know, doing translation and stuff like that. So then I associated myself with another, another friend of mine who was a graphic designer. We came with the idea of the magazine. We put a Hispanic magazine that was all back in 2007. Yeah, our first publication came in 2007. That, that covered the whole Michiana area. Um, 2008, we were doing really good. I was single at that moment. You know, I was life was good. Business was going pretty good. I remember and I was telling uh, the president of the chamber, Nick, uh, this story because in 2007, there was a corporation in the area that started started to gather some of the business, uh, Hispanic businesses, mm -hmm. and they did an event in uh, at the Century Center in, in uh, um, South Bend. Mm -hmm. And I went there with my camera to just take pictures of the event. Uh, and it turns out that they were giving prizes and they gave me this um, Men of the Business Award in 2007. Excellent. And I took that. I was not ready for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they came up with me, but you know, they <laughs> said, well, you came up with the business. You had no capital. You started from the yeah. bottom, so you deserve this. So it might not be relevant for anybody, but it affected me so much because you know, here I had this thing that I was like, well, maybe I am this person, right? Maybe I am... A good business person, but I was not. And, and the proof of that was the recession. Mm -hmm. Next year, recession came, my goodness, one of the most terrible years of my life. I saw many families, many immigrant families, and, I, and recently I was talking to a friend that actually left during those, those years. Uh, work was very scarce. Uh, people were very afraid of what was happening. You remember Lehman Brothers, mm -hmm. sure Burns Turns, mm -hmm. uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you know, the housing bubble. People losing houses. I saw many friends going to Mexico with nothing. They had come here. They worked in the factories hard, but they um, they fell into the trap. And I'm going to be very careful because yes, it is a blessing to be in the states, but you have to be you have to have a strategy. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of us don't have today. And, and and we don't have a strategy because we don't know how the system works, and we don't know what the rules of the I'm going to say the jungle are here. Right. There are different rules. Okay. Mm -hmm. The things that we had in Mexico or where I am from, Venezuela, whatever country you might come, they don't work here. Sometimes the strategy is not the same. Um, so you have to learn how to um, project your life, your dreams, and have a strategy. So we, we didn't have one. So in 2000, 2008, my business started failing. I started losing customers, contracts being canceled. So we started going out of business. It started Cash flow was not there. And so I started to you know panic. And so mm -hmm. I started to you know just start selling equipment. All that work that I had done in two thousand from two thousand what one to two thousand seven mm -hmm. was going away. I sold my stuff on eBay. You know it was sad. it was like taking a part of me piece by piece. Very very painful. Uh, two thousand nine, um, my daughter, my second daughter, was born with a hemifacial macrosomia. Uh, what that means is that she doesn't have a ear, but she has a crooked jaw, a smaller side of her face. Mm -hmm. But that's not the, the worst part. The worst part is that she didn't have a valve in her throat when she was born. The milk she it wasn't going to her stomach; it was going to her lungs. Oh, so she was starting to die. Yeah. So, a very difficult year. So yeah. no money, everything lost. My daughter was sick, so I, I had to, you know, get a, a job, just a regular job. I didn't want to because hey, <laughs> everybody knew him in the community. Everybody knew this guy. This guy is the one from the magazine. He owns the magazine. He, yeah. He's on radio. He's yeah. on the newspaper. I showed up in the newspaper. I, I took part of the immigrant marches that happened back mm -hmm. in the day in South Bend here. I was part of all that group of mm -hmm. leadership, putting you know people together. So everybody knew me. I didn't want to go back to a factory and face people asking me, oh, what happened to you? What happened yeah. to your business and all that? But that's an, but that's an important step because let's walk through this just for a moment because looking at your resume and, and your experiences, uh, names pop up that people are very familiar with about and it's, uh, some exceptionally well-run successful companies, Robert Weed Plywood, yeah. Century Foam, yeah. 
Dexter Axel. And, you know, you talk about a plan and a plan coming together. You working at each of those three uh, opportunities and, and the people you met and the people you were able to guide because you were a team leader as well, that essentially set the stage for Kaizen. That is correct. So here, here's the, I'm going to say the magical part. People, mm -hmm. people make the whole difference in companies. I was blessed by people. Uh, each of these companies that you mentioned, I, was, I met somebody that cared, mm -hmm. not just about the process, but about my development too. And they were willing to teach me, they were willing to train me, and they were willing to answer my questions. And that is invaluable. That, you know, that, that just creates a lot of value that we cannot measure mm -hmm. with metrics, the KPIs. They, they don't apply for the human value. So, you know, in, when you start a business, there's two types of capital. There is just the, the capital, the monetary value, and there's also human capital. A lot of companies uh, worry so much about the bottom line, but they don't worry about the human capital. And I think that we are missing on not focusing on the human capital because it makes all the difference in processes. When you include people in processes, you can save a lot of money, but you just have to have engagement with your people. So you've taken the bottom of, you know, you talked about how difficult that one year is. You've taken from your experiences on the bottom and have started climbing that ladder. But more importantly, you have a passion to help others climb that ladder as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> looking into what a person can do with their life, with the potential, mm -hmm. and, and again, it's understanding potential. Anybody that works in investments, you, you know that it is potential that brings the gains. It is that difference, that gap between what you can see and what you don't know and what you know and what you hope, sometimes hope. Mm -hmm. uh, but more, most importantly, what you, you know it, people are capable of accomplishing or a company is able to accomplish. Um, so when I see my his, the Hispanic community, and I'm going to speak for you know Mexican people in, in specific because mm -hmm. I'm Mexican. I work with a lot of Mexican people. How hard they work. And you hear their stories. And you know not just the, what they do or how they do it, but the reason why. And this is very important because... They do everything that they do because they have a family, because they love family. So the ultimate value is love. They're doing this out of love and they're working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day because they have somebody back in Mexico that they want to support or that they need to support. Sick mothers, sick fathers, relatives. And you see how much they struggle. But the, the frustration, my frustration is they can do better. They don't have to work that hard. All, all they need is the training. All mm -hmm. they need is, hey, listen, there's a better way of doing things. Let's focus on having a strategy, long-term strategy. And a lot of people don't have that. And I, I want my people, I want people in general to, to have a strategy for the future, to invest in themselves in self-development, human development. It's, it's an amazing, inspiring story. Uh, we're talking with Magdil Santiago. He is with the Kaizen Group. This is a story so good it needs to be told in two parts. We're wrapping up number one here on Sounds of Success uh, featuring Magdil. And we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk about how to implement Kaizen, and especially as it deals with the immigrant community, the, the, the Hispanic community, Mexican-American community, and what MacDeal is doing there. But as for now, we'll wrap up this portion, Sounds of Success, presented by DJ Construction, serving our community for more than 65 years. DJ Construction, decidedly different. I'm your host, Vince Turner.